Hello everybody, this is Subrat from the Sparking Entrepreneur Show and today we have John Nairn, a certified professional coach who helps mid-career professionals prepare, position and promote who they are and what they do so they can show up to find a job they love or love the job they have. His professional work included a 25-year career in education and a long-standing corporate consultant for Fortune 500 giant Casio America Inc. John is the author of Show Up, Six Strategies to Lead a More Energetic and Impact Career and Your Mid-Career GPS, Four Steps to Figuring Out What's Next and the host of the Mid-Career GPS Podcast. So without further delay, let's welcome John. John, welcome to the show. Subrat, thank you so very much. I'm honored to be here with you today. John, let's start from your journey first. What exactly inspired you to become a coach? How did you get started in this profession? After having a 25-year career in education, part of that included me working as an instructional coach. So what that meant was that I was working directly with teachers and helping them be better at what they were doing, but ultimately to directly impact student achievement. And as I progressed out of the classroom and into various educational administrative roles, I found myself working for an educational nonprofit doing training and staffing direction. And it was there that I really wanted to learn more about what corporate coaching was or what career coaching was. And that really inspired me to go get my coaching certification, which I did through IPEC, the Institute for Professional Excellence in Coaching. And then while I had every intention to bring a coaching program into my organization, Unfortunately, that wasn't a huge goal at the time for where I was working. And so I made a decision at that point to leave that organization because I had an opportunity to help more people outside of that organization than I could inside of it. And that's what started my coaching practice full time over six years ago. And how it is going on now? It's going very well. I have been able to see growth every single year, especially during the pandemic. And I am truly blessed with a wonderful caseload of clients that span a variety of different industries and backgrounds and professions. And I absolutely love what I get to do every single day. Awesome. So John's now you're only focusing on one coaching or do you have another options like group coaching or online program? If anyone wants to get coaching from you, then what kind of options are available? Yeah, so currently right now at the time of this recording in July, my option is one-on-one coaching. That's either a one-month or a six-month package. But later on this year, I will be launching my first ever digital course specifically around helping people gain greater career clarity. So if anybody who's listening and they're not sure what they want to do with their career, or they're not sure what's necessarily next, the digital course is absolutely going to be able to help them do that. And then there are plans down the road to launch a community as well. Great. Awesome. So John, since you got a lot of experience in coaching industry, what do you think that what are the most important qualities for a successful coach to possess? For me, the most important quality that I believe coaches should possess is their ability to listen. And to listen very strategically and intuitively so we can help our clients move toward whatever goal it is that they're going to achieve. It makes no sense for me to come to a coaching session with a client and have my agenda in what I think they should do because that's not why they're hiring me. They're hiring me to help them sort through whatever challenges or obstacles or questions that they have. And the only way that I can really do that is by listening very diagnostically 
to ensure that I'm asking them all of the right questions they need to have in order to ultimately move toward whatever goal they've set for the session. And adding to that, how do you approach working with them? Let's say if they are struggling to achieve their goals. Part of what I do, Sabrat, is I make sure that we have a very clear goal at the beginning of the session. I want to make sure that they're very clear on what specifically they're looking for during that session and how they want me to help them. And so when we frame a session in that way, then I'm able to help them move toward that goal. If they come to a session and they're saying to me, I'm not really sure what I want to work on today, or hey, I've had this, I have certainly other tools and strategies I can do to help move them and get them to have a more clearly defined goal. What I often find is that framing that goal at the beginning of the session sets everything up for a very successful session for the client. John, as you see that as we are humans, each and every day we have to deal with some kinds of problems, challenges, difficulties in our life. And when you are a coach or you are an entrepreneur, the thing is double. So how do you manage all these things, stay motivated and continue to grow as a coach? I am very blessed that I have a wonderful personal and professional support network to help me with everything. As a solopreneur, Everything is handled by me. So currently, I don't enlist the help of anybody else in my business. It's just where it's a conscious business decision at this point. It's also how my business has evolved. But whether it be my spouse or a dear coach colleague or one of my closest friends, while I never, ever talk anything specifically about anything that happens during the coaching session, because I'm bound by a code of ethics with the International Coach Federation, Certainly talking with them about how maybe I'm feeling a little stressed or a little overwhelmed or needing to get things done. Having those people in my network is a tremendous amount of support that helps me deal with all the day-to-day -day challenges and obstacles, both personally and professionally. Awesome. Good. And adding to that, John, you know what, like accountability is the most important thing when it comes to coaching, right? When it comes to, if I talk about the client's perspective, it's very important that you have to be accountable so that you will take action or and whatever you want to do in your life, you will do that. So how do you balance holding your clients accountable while also being compassionate and supportive? The first thing I do is I ask them how they want to be held accountable. Some prefer a more direct or assertive type approach. Others want that kind of gentle little nudge in that regard. Not everybody wants to be screamed and yelled at. <laughs> Definitely not the coach to do that either. We know there are some coaches out there, some who are very prolific on social media and they're very much in your face. That's not me. That's not my approach, nor is that how I prefer to be coached as well. So the first thing I would offer is I ask them how they want to be held accountable and what that specifically looks like. So do they want a phone call? Do they want an email? Do they want to be called out at the beginning of the session? It's how I build very constructive and structured agreements and partnerships with my clients. Because if I want to work with them for six months at a time, I absolutely want to be invested and am invested in their success. So asking them what accountability looks like is first and foremost. But the second thing is, and it's one of my show up six strategies that I coach my clients on as well. The accountability is all about and how we set ground rules. So if they don't follow up on the accountability piece, I'm asking how they want 
me to follow up with them. That way then as their coach, I never have to worry about if I'm quote unquote walking on eggshells or if I'm overstepping my bounds in the relationship because we've already made an agreement on what that looks like. But the other thing I just want to extend here though is that with my coach, so I have a business coach and and a health and wellness coach that I work with, we do the same thing. They know if I'm not holding myself accountable or if I'm falling off in what I've promised to do, they know how to reach out and essentially give me that nudge to get me back on track. But the other thing is that when it comes to accountability, let's have supports in place. So maybe somebody who's listening right now, they don't have a coach. They either haven't decided to hire one, maybe they can't afford one. You have people in your network who can absolutely be accountability partners for you. Might be a trusted colleague, it might be a friend. And you can go ahead and do the same thing and set up those structures about what accountability looks like so success happens and, and accountability is key. Yeah. John, can you share any example of your coaching success story and what do you believe contributed to its success? Yeah, thank you for that. So there's, I, I'm, I'm fortunate, there's a lot of success stories, but one of my favorites happens to be someone whom I have been coaching with for a while, who when they came to start working with me and they work for a Fortune 50 company, was really uncertain about what their career path was. They were invested in the company. They were organizationally loyal. They had been there for decades, but they weren't necessarily happy with where their path was going. And one day during a coaching session, I asked the client, I said, tell me about your professional brand. And they began their answer with, I think it's good. And I said to them, do you think or do you know? And there was this pause in the coaching session. I didn't say anything. I just let it, let them sit there. And they said, I think, I don't know. I said, great. How important is it for you to get the answer to that question? So they agreed that it was. And what we ended up doing was they were able to identify two people within their organization, not whom they directly worked with, but had knowledge and experience and evidence of their work. And most importantly, they trusted them, that they were going to go and they were going to have a branding conversation with them. And the way we set up the branding conversation was they were going to, first of all, invite them to a conversation. They were going to share the questions with them ahead of time. And they agreed that the first thing they would say after their trusted colleague gave them their answers was thank you. And some of the questions that we set up were things like, what do people say about me at work? What do people say about the quality of my work? If you were in my shoes, what advice would you give me to help improve my professional brand? What was really powerful as a result of those conversations was that the client came back and from both of them Hmm. heard that uh, they navigated, as they were told, they navigated incorrectly in the last reorganization that they were worried that there wouldn't be as much career growth or potential in where they currently were on the org chart, and that if they really wanted to see their career accelerate, they needed to move into a different lane in order to get that next advancement opportunity. What's so powerful here was that this was something the client never considered. 
Had the client never had this conversation, they would never have known this. And so what happened as a result of that through our coaching and a lot of accountability and some action steps on the client's part was they started doing more internal networking. They started finding more opportunities both to stretch as well as potentially move into a new lane that ultimately got them the senior leadership role that they now hold today. It's one of my favorite stories because there is so much power in having an intentional conversation, whether it be with a supervisor, a manager, an executive, a trusted colleague. When we sit down with somebody to have an intentional conversation, we are doing so in a way that moves our relationship forward because we're getting information we need versus what we want to hear. And so the client was able to get the information they needed that ultimately accelerated their career. Awesome. Awesome. It's a really great story. Yeah, thank you. I'm really proud of them. Yeah, awesome. Okay, so John, let's talk about some misconception as that every industry has some kind of misconception. So what do you think that? What are, the, what are some common misconceptions about coaching? Yeah, it's definitely something that's out there. And it's one of those things where for a client who's considering hiring a coach, it's really important that they understand what coaching is and what it isn't. So one of the misconceptions is that coaching is like therapy. It's not, right? So I'm not a licensed therapist. And what I often tell people is that a therapist, and by the way, I love therapists. <laughs> I have had mine several times in my life. They're great and they're wonderful. But a therapist takes somebody from a state to a functioning state. Typically, when we go into therapy, we're having trouble dealing or managing something, okay? Mm -hmm. A coach is gonna take someone from a functioning state to an optimal state. So it's not about, I'm trying, you wouldn't enter into coaching, let's say, to help me solve a problem that's holding me back from living my best life or being at my optimal potential, right? As a coach, I'm not qualified to do that. What I can do as a coach is that, and my niche specifically is in executive and career transition. So if you hire me, that's why you come to me is that you're just unhappy in your career, and you want some direction in how to do that. And I've got a process for helping people do that, but it's not therapy. Now, do we occasionally talk about things of a personal nature in the coaching relationship? Absolutely. But I'm not equipped nor trained nor licensed to handle certain things that a therapist would be much more capable of. Right. So that's one misconception. A second misconception is that they believe a coach is just going to tell them what to do. I never tell my clients what to do because it's not my life. It's not my job. Yeah. My job is to ask them all of the questions that they can explore every opportunity so they can make the best decision for them. For example, if I was working with a client who was making a very big six-figure salary, and they were working for a top company, and they were trying to figure out what their career was. And they came to me and they said, I think I want to work for the sanitation department in my local town. My question at that point to them would be like, tell me more about why that's important to you. That may not be the job I ever want to have or think yeah. they should have, but it's not my place. My job is to help them make the best decision possible. So as a coach, we're not going to tell you what to do. We're mm -hmm. going to help you uncover all the information so you can do that. Yeah. 
So John, before wrap up our podcast today, any final message that you want to say with our listener? Yeah, so just to wrap up here, one of the things that I just want to offer everybody listening is that you are 100% responsible for your career. Whatever it is that you decide to do, there's a reason you're doing it, right? And so we spend a lot of time at work. We spend a lot of time working with colleagues or clients or doing whatever it is that we do. My hope and my wish is that people get up in the morning and they feel excited about going to work because they get to go to work, not because they have to go to work. So if you're listening to this conversation and you're thinking, I'm not really thrilled with what I'm doing at work right now, or I'm feeling stuck, undervalued, and underutilized, by all means, that is an opportunity for you to lean in and figure out what exactly is going to make you happy. Maybe it's some self-work, maybe it's a conversation with a dear friend or a trusted colleague, or maybe you need somebody who's not as close to you and you pull in the help of a coach in order to do that. But whatever that is, you are 100% responsible for your career and how you show up both in your life and your work matter. Yeah. John, tell us about your website, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, or whatever social media platform that you use so that our audience can find you and get in touch with you. Yeah, thank you so very much. So my website is john.com. It's J-O-H-N-E-R-A-L. Right on my website, I've got a free guide for everybody. It's called Five Mistakes Mid-Career Professionals Make and Need to Stop Doing. You can get that guide right there on the homepage. And you can also check out the resources tab on my website for any other materials. Thank you for mentioning the podcast at the beginning. So I host the Mid-Career GPS podcast. If you are looking for some tips on how to navigate toward whatever is next in your career, please go ahead and check that out wherever you get your path. My books are available on Amazon. They're called Show Up, Six Strategies to Lead a More Energetic and Impactful Career, as well as Your Mid-Career GPS, Four Steps to Figuring Out What's Next. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at John Narrow Coaching, and you can find me on LinkedIn at John Narrow. Guys, to make sure you follow John, as John is a wonderful person with great personality, and you can reach out to him according to your coaching need. So that was episode of Sparking Entrepreneur. So thank you, John, for being on the show, and it was an honor to hosting you today. Subrat, it was an honor to be here. Thank you so very much for allowing me to spend some time with you and your listeners. Most welcome. So that's it. I'm your host, Subrat, signing off. And you guys have a wonderful day. Bye, guys. <laughs>